it became almost a joke in my old church that I, I preached the same sermon every year between Christmas and New Year's. In fact, my old church, they, we didn't, they didn't even have services between that Christmas and New Year's. And I was just like, no, we have to have church. And so, and so I would go and I would, I would preach the same sermon, but it was always different in some way. Because the application is, is the same. I want to challenge you to read God's word in 2024. Maybe all the way through if, uh, if you have not done that before and i'm going to give you bible reading plans and they're back on the shelf at the end that's how it works but how we get there is always a little bit different so in 2024 we need to seek jesus christ first of all because jesus christ is the only hope of salvation that if we want to be right with God, if we want to live in this world as God has called us to, we need to know Jesus. And if we're going to know him, we need to know him in prayer, in his word, and in community. Uh, the interesting thing about growing in Jesus Christ, and, and, and this, is, this, this always happens like people always want to like get like like this is the secret to maturity like you know we're gonna like understand this new thing and this is how like they sell like youtube videos get you to clink on the, the one trick that will solve all your problems and make you happy healthy and wise that was the name of one of my sermons it was a uh, great clickbait But the truth is that the completion of the Christian life is the exact same as the beginning and the middle and all the way through. And that is seeking the Lord Jesus Christ, looking to him to be our all in all, being transformed by his power daily and to eternity. And we will be like him because we will see him as he is, even when we get to heaven, that seeking Jesus is the thing that transforms us. And we need to diligently seek Jesus. Now, another year is 20, turning 2024 and I always like to like think back and like kind of reflect because like things have changed I think I brought up that stat a couple weeks ago about how in the last 12 years the rate of major depressive episodes for people under 25 has gone from 8% of the population to 17% of the population since that's since the invention of the iPhone. Maybe those things are related. But the fact is, like, like the fact that, that things change and that there are new challenges that are going to confront us, challenges that we don't even know or understand yet. If you think about in the last year, one of the big like, things that people have talked about is AI technology. If you want to know like how like uh, all these AI writing tools work, you just got to talk to like a, an eighth grader because they know 
Uh, they know how these things work. They know how to write papers with them, amazingly. I don't know how they get so skilled in these things. But, but we don't know how these things, <laughs> as eighth graders are smiling, we don't know how these things are going to change how we live in this world and the different ways we are confronted by sin. I, for one, I'm pretty worried about the whole, like, like it's bad enough for young people, especially young men with pornography and video games, and then you throw on, like, AI-powered chat tools with all of these things. And you can imagine, like, things, things could get worse as far as isolation of people. And so, so we need to be prepared. And this is, this is where it starts. It's like Psalm 119, verse 9. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. Like, we don't know what the things that are going to confront us in the coming year are going to be. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know the future. I used to always joke, like, when I was a younger pastor and I was mature, I joked that, like, this year I predict that the world's, that Jesus is not coming back in the next year. Because if I'm right, I can take credit for it. If I'm wrong, nobody will care. <laughs> That was when I'm a young pastor because, like, literally it's my job to get you ready for Christ's return. Like, if, if I don't have you guys ready for that, like, I'm going to be in some trouble here. Like, like I'm going to be called to account for, for how I have warned you about saying. And it's like, like I said, that Jesus might return before the end of the year. It's like, be prepared. So... How can we, how can we do it? As I said, we all know, like, hey, I, I really, like, we, I should do this. Like, I, I should read my Bible. And it comes to me, like, every single morning. So I've read the whole Bible. I think it's, like, 16 times, like, the last 16 years in a row, something like that. And... And at this point, like, it's pretty habitual. I always say all the most important things are the things that you do without thinking about them. But it's still a fight. And if you're going to start a new habit, like, that fight is even stronger. Because every single moment, every single morning, this happens. I have my Bible over here. And my phone... Is on the charger over there. And when I get up in the morning, I get up and I, and I open the door. I have to walk past my phone. And my phone might be calling to me with beeps and buzzes and flashing things. I've turned most of them off because that's a smart thing. Turn off notifications on your phone. Um, and it's calling to me and saying, look at me. There's something new and interesting in the world on Facebook or in the news. And you can't keep going in your day without looking. Maybe there's a message. Maybe there's a message from someone important. Maybe there's something that you just can't miss and wait 15 minutes for. 
but then just be on my phone, sitting on the counter or over by the couch is my Bible. And the battle is to be able to walk past my phone and open up my Bible. So once I start reading it, like I'm not going back to the phone. How do we do that? What's the lie that's keeping me from preferring God's word over like Facebook? Really? That sounds stupid when you just like put it out like that. What's the lie that's keeping me? Now, now it is a lie and it's, it, it goes back a long ways. Now it said that the devil, the devil has lots of practice in getting people to sin, but he has a, sh a small playbook. I know he hasn't needed to expand very much. Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Oh, it's really funny what the devil did there because it's, it's, it's easy to miss because it almost seems like kind of an innocent question, but, but it's not because what it implies is like, did God say you can't eat from any tree of the garden? What it implies is that God is in the business of making your life more difficult. That God is in the business of keeping you from the things that will really make you happy. And this constantly, like, gets back. As I walk past my phone in the morning, it, like, calls out, you know, you know what would make you really happy? If you scroll mindlessly through Facebook for 10 minutes. It's really dumb when you want to think about it. But still, it traps me. <laughs> It traps me, you know, probably, like, I had to keep statistics, but probably like once a week, it like traps me, like calls to me, and I fall for the trap. Did God actually say? It's, it's the lie that this is going to be boring and not the words of life. Not the thing that is going to fill you up. Not the thing that is going to transform you slowly into God's image. You know, this, 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 like, this like idea that like God isn't totally for you. And, and, and if, this, if, this, if you think like, like the spiritual life involves just like bucking up and trying really hard, you're going to fail because that's like thinking that like God's way isn't the level way. It's like God makes level the path to the righteous. 
It's the way that just sees like, oh, God just doesn't want me to do all of these things. God doesn't want me to do this. Okay, I got to do this. It's like, no, it's not. I got to do this. I get to do this. I get to open up God's word for me. I get to turn to God in prayer. I get to join with the body of Christ in worship every week. I get to do this because God has given me good, a good way to walk in. God has given me good deeds to live in. God is not don't. God is calling me to a dynamic life of living for him. And we talked about in Luke 19, Luke 19, it's the, the parable of the Minas, and I preached on it, I think early last year, something around that. You, you probably know the parable, God gives 10 or 5 Minas to 1. And ten, 10 minus to another, and to the one he gives one minus. And at the end, the guy comes back and he says, Then another came and said, Lord, here is your mina, which I kept laid away in a handkerchief. For I was afraid of you because you are a severe man. You take what you did not deposit and you reap what you did not sow. We need to get it out of our mind frames that the best way to live, the most obedient way to live the Christian life is by being afraid of God's punishment and thinking that God is, is that God is a I was afraid of you because you were a severe man or, or like austere man. And this is, this is the God who is like giving 10 cities for the people to reign over, five cities. Like God is just blessing these people for their service. God is giving them the coin of the bidding. God is just giving and giving and giving. And for all of us, God has given Jesus Christ. God is a God of grace, a God who gives and in this, everything he gives for us to do is a good gift. And so we think about spending time in prayer. We think about opening our Bibles to read them. Like this is not a duty that we just got to like buck up and do. But this is a gift that God gives to us, a literal feast of delights for our soul day by day to partake in. God's word holds joy because God is a great giver. God loves, God gives in Christ. And when Christ returns, he will give even more. Gives, gives, gives. And so we can walk past the phone and open up our Bibles because we know God is going to give to us something good in it.
That's point one. Point two is that the same thing, wake up in the morning. Ran over a cow, that hasn't happened in many years. Beep, beep. Secondly, we need to walk past the phone and go to God's word because we need to see that this isn't just dead letters on a page, but this is where we meet with Jesus Christ. It's not just a book sitting there. It is time to meet with Jesus Christ. It's not just a prayer to the ceiling. It's time to meet with Jesus Christ. It's not just gathering in the church to watch a show, but it's where we meet with Jesus Christ. And we know. It's like, why do you think they have four Gospels? Four Gospels is because this is the story of Jesus Christ. This is how, how we follow him as his disciple. And my Bible reading plan like goes through the Gospels twice every year. And so it's, there's hardly a moment during the year when I'm not like learning about Jesus directly. And as you turn to the rest of the New Testament, it's, it's witness about Jesus. I always love the beginning of 1 John because it, it just like shows you how, how Christ-centered it is. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, that's Jesus, the life that was made manifest, that was shown, and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. Indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And so we come to the word of God, not just as bare letters on the page, but where we meet Jesus daily. You think of, so many times I get frustrated reading the gospels about how dumb the disciples are. They're just dumb constantly. Like they're just doing dumb things. They're like literally walking to Jerusalem and they're like, who's going to be the greatest? And it's like, how could you be that foolish? Me, the guy who looks at Facebook instead of picking up God's word. It's all about Jesus. Oh, this morning, this morning I finished reading another time through the Bible and I got to get to the end. And you know, right at the end of Revelation, even, you know, weird book of Revelation. Behold, I am coming soon, the words of Jesus. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. 
You know, there's a really good reason why, like, like all of these words, like here, right at the end, and it talks about, like, you know, if anyone adds to the words of prophecy, it'll add to them the plagues and, like, all these warnings. It's like, that's at the end of the Bible for a reason, because it's not just about the book of Revelation. It's about the whole canon of, of, of God's word. It's like, listen. Listen to the words of Jesus Christ. I don't want to, like, Bible reading is always, like, my big push here because this is a good time to start because, you know, like, start fresh in the page and get to start something new. But we don't want to divorce it from the rest of Christian uh, discipleship, being a disciple, because being part of a community is really valuable. I'm looking at the camera right now. Being part of a community is really valuable. There's a reason why Paul talks about this being like, like we have Christ in us, but together we're the body of Christ and we have ears and eyes and we all have different gifts that we all get to experience Christ. And again, like, like we experience Christ in community. So it's not just like a church that we go to. But this is where we get to experience Christ when we're with other believers. And that counts small group and prayer meeting and, and all of the rest of the yikads. Lots of times that we get together. But this is where we experience Christ together as the body of Christ. And there are things that we will see and experience in our discipleship as we join together. I say like... I said, like, don't decide to come to church. Okay? Okay, take it out of your realm of decisions. You don't wake up Sunday morning and decide to go to church. Sunday morning is church. That's just it. It's not a decision to make. It's like, I am going to worship God. I am going to meet Jesus Christ, joining together with the saints, experiencing their gifts, being encouraged, exhorted under the word of God. Christian discipleship is truly in every way. Obviously, with prayer, we meet with Jesus, who prays at the right hand of God, the Father, the high priest. You know, we get to pray. Literally, we get to talk to Jesus Christ. What a wonder that is. Christian discipleship is discipleship in following Christ, in his word, in prayer, in meeting together. Now, we don't have the fullness yet until Christ returns. But, and, and maybe, I mean, the fullness is going to be like, maybe this is a crass example, but it's actually like probably a good example because it's biblical. Um, it's like a first kiss compared to a wedding night. But the first kiss is like, like beautiful. We get to experience Christ in a, a full and beautiful and wondrous way. And even though... When Christ returns, it will be far greater in joy and delight. We long to see him 
in every way that he's available to us. Now, as we go through life, and this is going to be the same, every year I try to do something new, and this year, this, this is the best thing about being a pastor, is that I can tell all of you, and now all of you can hold me accountable. It's great. Okay, so, so this year, in, in, my, in my personal growth plan, is I want to memorize scripture. Never really been good at that, but you know, I've been doing the club DJ stuff and those kids, like those kids, like they're coming back and they're like memorizing those scriptures and I'm a little bit put to, a little bit of shame, like I'm the pastor, I'm supposed to like have all of this stuff memorized and maybe, maybe I'm not as good as this like six-year-old little, you know, Aletheia, Aletheia just like tremendous, uh, give her a prize and she'll do things. She's not here. Nobody tell her. <laughs> Man. But if we're going to confront the temptations that are going to come at us, like, like, like if I'm going to confront them, like we're going to need to battle it in God's word. But like so many of the things that really, like some of the deepest struggles of the Christian life are the struggles they aren't persecution it's the struggles in your own mind of the lies of satan of fears lust anxiety depressive depression any intrusive thoughts the things that just click 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 at the back of your mind where Satan comes to tempt you and test you as he did Jesus three times in the wilderness. These stones into bread, throw yourself down. And every time that Jesus was met by those temptations of Satan, each time he answered, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Every time he answered with the word of God that he had memorized, he committed to his memory. And so if we're going to fight these battles. We need to have God's word so thick in us that when Satan cuts us, we bleed the word of God. And so... We're going to, like, encourage Bible memory a little bit this year. And Madonna, new thing for next. Every week, we're going to have, what I call, a fighter verse, a verse of Scripture to battle against the lies of the enemy. And we're going to put it in the bulletin, and I'm going to send you some, like, links and some information. I bought, like, the cue cards, so I got, like, paper cards because I, I don't like the app thing. I also have the app. There is an app. Uh, yeah. I have my eye on you. And so I'm not great at Bible memory, but I hope that this year we're going to learn together. So hold me accountable next week. I got to get on that. And uh, watch your weekly newsletter, and there'll be some more info in it. But it won't be till Wednesday, because I'm not going to be here.
So, how can we meet Jesus? Don't buy into the ways of the world. I once, uh, this is about 15 years ago, I wrote the anti-Psalm 119. And so if you imagine Psalm 119, which is like digging into the word, like what would be the opposite of that? And here it is. Miserable are those who sin, who walk in the way of the world, who ignore what the Lord has said, who hold up God's word in one hand and in the other Google celebrity gossip and idolize sports teams. Who's that talking about? What have you commanded against something or another? I could do that. That might be fun for a day if it's not embarrassing to my worldly friends. I will praise you with the slim majority of my heart. I will mostly not ignore some of your rules, like God takes care of those who take care of themselves. I will keep your statutes just a little better than the miserable sinner beside me. How can a young man keep his way pure? By reading the Bible? By praying? Some days, with most of my heart, I may seek you, although nobody's perfection. I have stored up the world in my heart that I may sin against you. Don't store up the world in your heart. Store up God's word in your heart. So I've gotten uh, three things uh, on the back counter. There are some Bible reading plans. The one with the really tiny print, this is the Murray McShane plan. This is the one I do. And I'm going to do this here again. Uh, if you're crazy and want to just like plow into scripture, read the whole Old Testament and the New Testament and Psalms twice in a year, this is the plan for you. If you've never done a Bible reading plan or anything like that, don't do this. Or if you do, just do one column. Just do the first column and then keep going through the year. But uh, that's advanced section. Slightly less advanced. Five-day Bible reading program. It's right here. This reads through the Old Testament chronologically and the New Testament. It's less intensive and it's over five days. So if you miss two days in a week, you're still on track. Very nice. Kari is going to do this one this year. So you want to like read, have a reading buddy? Kari can be your reading buddy. If that is really intensive, there's another thing that works pretty well. My kids do it. And it's called a bookmark. <laughs> you read a chapter, you put in the bookmark. The next day, you read another chapter. Now, the downside of this, for a while, you're going to get stuck in, like, Second Chronicle or First Chronicles and read genealogies for, like, 15 days. And that's going to be a little sad. So, you know, maybe you want to, like, just dip in the New Testament a little bit if you're in Chronicles. But bookmark, it works as well. My kids are, are going through. Did I say Keziah, too? Oh, I didn't. I'm going to be a poor man by the end of the sermon. There's also apps and stuff you can use. I don't use them, but uh, you can use Uversion, the ESV Bible, Bible app. They work. Uh, what I use them for is if I ever get behind, 
is if they, they have audio features and then I just will listen. So I'm like two chapters behind in like the middle of Leviticus and be like, oh, I'm just gonna listen to this while I do the dishes, do, 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 cut back up. And, and that actually is really, really nice. Um, the ESV app used to have Kristen Getty reading, but uh, you have to pay for it now, it's sad. Secondly, memorize, come to God in prayer, pray always, and join together with God's people in the new year. In all of this, remember, remember, remember that God is not doing this. God has not given you his word to study to make your life difficult. God has given you this to level your path, to light your way, to find your harder but deeper joys, and ultimately in it to see and to know and to experience Jesus Christ, seeking him in his word, coming to him in prayer as a person like Jesus Christ, we could pray to you. Amazing. It's like it's insane, incredible meeting together with his people to find all the joy that's in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord God, I pray that we would commit now in whatever way that we feel like we can set a goal that is going to be attainable and realistic and say, yes, I'm going to read your word this year, 2024. Who knows, you might come back in March and it'll all be good, but we just pray, Lord God, that in all things, that we would know that we are seeking you. Not a check mark, not a box, but seeking the delights of God that's in Jesus Christ for us right there. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.